Hello, and thanks for tuning in to this podcast recorded at Hope Lutheran Church in Toledo, Ohio. The following scripture reading and sermon were recorded during regular worship on Sunday morning. We can be found on the web at hopetoledo.net. Check us out, or better yet, check us out in person at our regular worship services. Blessings to you this day. The Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Are there any young people that want to come up and join me? At the 9 o'clock service, when I put them over there, I watched how many people were trying to, like, carefully get up and ease their way over and not let me notice. And I'm like, it's fine. Go get a coloring page. So as we come to this Sunday of Transfiguration, we are at the end of a worship series that began all the way back at Epiphany. And I say all the way back, even though it was less than a month and a half ago, because January feels like it's three times as long as all the rest of the month. So it feels like it was a long time ago. But we started right after Jesus' birth, when the Magi came to offer gifts with Jesus' baptism. And we've walked through these few weeks, through the beginning of Jesus' ministry, gathering disciples and having him do initial teaching of the disciples, of healing others, and starting to talk about what it means to be the Son of God. And today, in Transfiguration, we're gathered on a mountaintop with Jesus and Peter and James and John. And they start to hear a little bit of the story. And I think it's important that they're on a mountaintop because this is really about halfway through the Gospel of Mark. And it's like not only is the story on a mountaintop, but it's one of those moments where you can look back on the mountaintop if there weren't all of these clouds like I have in the image. You can look back and see all, everything that was, you can look forward and see everything that will be. It's that mountaintop moment of being able to see what has been, what is still coming, to see what is around you. In the Gospel of Mark, this is one of those moments. Looking back to everything Jesus has done, but also looking ahead to the crucifixion, to the resurrection. It's important because... This reading in the middle of Mark 
What we haven't got quite gotten to as we read through the Gospel of Mark this year is what happens right before it. The reading starts with six days later. Well, six days before this, Jesus is gathered with the disciples and the crowds, and the disciples have tried to heal someone, and it hasn't worked quite the way they intended. And Jesus heals the person. And Peter, Jesus then speaks with the disciples and asks who they think he is. And Peter is able to confess that he is the Messiah, the Son of God. But just a little bit later, Jesus starts to talk about what it means to be the Son of God. And that means he will be crucified and he will be raised from the dead. And Peter, who was so sure that he was the Son of God, then says, no, this should not happen to you. And it's the one time Jesus rebukes him. Not for a question, Peter asks a lot of questions, but for directly confronting and directly going against what Jesus knows will happen. It's six days after all of that that Jesus takes these three and goes up on the mountain. And there is, they start to figure out even more what it means to be the Son of God. Now, while the disciples are figuring this out, the truth is we've already been told that Jesus is the Son of God. In the very beginning, the first verse of the Gospel of Mark, this was apparently before no spoilers was a thing, the Gospel writer makes it very clear, this is the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So pay attention, because everything that's coming up shows that this is the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The people in the story are still figuring it out, but we already know that. So we can see it and hear it differently, already having knowledge that they didn't quite have yet. Up on the mountain, while they may know that Jesus is the Son of God, they're also still not sure what that means or what that looks like. And the first time Jesus has told them they don't quite believe it or are willing to believe it yet. But they're standing there, and suddenly Jesus is transfigured. His clothes become dazzling white, and with him are Moses and Elijah, holding with them the law and the prophets, the entirety of teaching and tradition of the people who have come before them. And the disciples are overwhelmed and terrified. And so Peter says, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Now, Peter has taken a lot of grief over this in the past, but I really don't fault him for this. Peter is falling back on something that would have been comfortable and understood in his tradition. Where it says here, let us make three dwellings, the translation for that or the tradition of that in Hebrew is let us make a booth or a tabernacle, a space. And that is what you did when God appeared to mark this as holy space, to mark this as someplace we should come back to that others should know about, a space that we know God has shown up. 
over and over throughout the Old Testament at those moments, at those spaces where God showed up and did something amazing with the people. Those places were marked with altars, with booths, with tabernacles, with something to show that this is holy ground. Something important happened here, and you should take notice. It isn't necessarily a super foreign concept to us. How many historical markers do we put up that something important happened here, someone important was here? We need to mark this space and set it aside and make sure that it stays that way so that we can teach and bring others back to this place, to this space, to remember what has happened here. That's what Peter is ultimately looking to do, but also maybe to stay there for a little while because it seems to be good on the mountain. Even though he's scared, he's going back into that comfortable, familiar tradition that he has been raised in. Then even more so when the cla- a voice comes from the cloud, echoing the voice from Jesus' baptism, but this time directed towards the disciples. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. But Jesus doesn't let them stay on the mountain. He doesn't let them stay set apart. Instead, he starts to bring them down the mountain, back to where the people are, back to where ministry is, back to where life goes on as it had before. And the first thing he does after the voice from the cloud says, listen to him, the first thing Jesus tells the disciples to do is not to tell anyone about what happened until after the Son of Man had, been, had risen from the dead. I think often we focus too much on the beginning part of that. Don't tell anyone and miss that it had a timeline to it. Don't tell anyone what happened until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead, which means eventually you need to tell people what happened. Just wait until you know the whole story. Don't get caught up in only telling people about the glory and the wonder, the dazzling clothes and the completion of everything that was. Make sure you include the tough parts too. Make sure you include all of what it means to be the Son of Man that the Son of Man would die and be raised from the dead. Jesus knew the disciples weren't quite there yet with that whole story, but they would get there. And after they got there, that's when they should start to tell the story. The very end of the gospel, looking ahead, that's what they're told at the empty tomb. Go, tell people, tell the story. The story that has been building and learning all along. And that's the call for us, too. Because we do know the whole story. We go through the patterns and the traditions and the celebration of these festivals, and that is very important as we learn and grow, because each year, and I have preached on this text I don't even know how many times, Transfiguration is the festival that comes every year, even with readings from different Gospels. It's that story every year. But I hear and see something new in it every year. Because our lives continue forward and we see more what God is doing at work in our lives, in the lives of those around us, in our community. 
we're called to tell the whole story. Not just hanging on to the parts of the story that we like or make us look the best, but the whole story of who God is. The whole story of what God has done for us. Of God's love and grace and forgiveness. Of God's call and challenge to the status quo and towards keeping things comfortable of God's call to care for one another, to pray for those who maybe we disagree with, to feed, to clothe, to create community, and to stick together, even when we, like Peter, don't quite know what we're talking about. Still, the disciples gathered and went forward. We're called to take these mountaintop moments where we can see the whole story and to carry those with us, to embody them for others, to share the story. If I remember right, and I have looked at a lot of bulletins in the last week, so I might not be remembering, but I think one of our hymns later today is I Love to Tell the Story. And I love that that hymn was chosen, and if it wasn't, well, I still love the hymn. You know that hymn. I love to tell the story. And if you hear those verses, it's the, I love to tell the story for those who have never heard it, who are hearing it the first time with new ears, with new eyes, with new memories, with new experiences. But also I love to tell the story for those who know it best, who have heard it their whole lives and who still want and need to hear it again. I love to tell the story for everyone in between for the people who are confused by it, for the people for whom that story has been used to hurt or harm them in the past, for the people who don't know where they fit into it. It's now after the Son of Man has risen from the dead. And we're called to tell the whole story of who God is for us and for the world. I invite you to stand as you are able and to join me in prayer. God, we give you thanks for walking among us, for calling us up to the mountaintop. We give you thanks for your glory and brilliance, but also the walk to the cross and the empty tomb. Give us wisdom and encouragement as we share your story with those who have heard it and those who have yet to hear it, that they may know who you are, that they too are beloved. In your name we pray. Amen. We continue with our hymn.